Today on the Show Me Institute podcast, Susan Pendergrass is joined by Doug Thaman. Doug is the executive director of the Missouri Charter Public School Association. They discuss charter school expansion in Missouri, why the state continues to fall behind the rest of the country when it comes to school choice, and how the discussion around school choice has changed in the last 20 years. Here's Susan Pendergrass and Doug Thaman. Welcome to the Show Me Institute official pod pit, where we record all of our important conversations. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, So I was thinking, Doug, that when we met, I don't know when it was, years ago, I would have been at the National Alliance for Public Charter Schools, and I would have met you as part of the State Leadership Council. Right. Because that's a council of state leaders like you running the charter school associations in the states and probably at the National Charter School Conference, I would guess. It could have been. Yeah, that or the maybe the NAXA conference. One yeah. Or the other. Yeah. Of authorizers. Either way, it was a, a place with like this very broad perspective, like how's Michigan handling this problem? What's Arizona doing about their growth and and how different states are? And I think I have some sense of the problems in each of the states and Ohio's was virtual schools. And um I was thinking when I came to Missouri to do state work, it's like, how do we tweak and refine our charter school sector so that it's perfect? And then I came here and I realized that we are in the dark ages when it comes to charter schools. I did not know that. When I speak before the legislature and they're like, hmm, are there any rural charter schools in the United States? I'm like, yeah, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. So, you know, I've kind of dialed it back. And now I also feel like every legislative session, there's a one or many bills to make sure that everyone in the state of Missouri could choose a charter school if they wanted and they die. So just recap for me what happened this year. Yeah, so I think it's important to re- when you're thinking about that and thinking about Missouri, it's the context Yeah. for for the charter school law and how this all came about well, how? here. Tell me how it happened. Um, the appetite for choice and school choice in Missouri statewide back 20 years ago, there was an appetite. There was? There was not. And the show me state being the show me state said, you know, we want to see how this is happening in other parts of the country and, (laughs) and, uh, you know, (laughs) let's see what's successful. Right. And so the way a law was eventually passed in 98 was, hey, Missouri, you have two significantly underperforming urban school districts, Mm -hmm. and those two places at least need to have other options for families. And a voluntary transfer program that was part of a desegregation settlement looks like it's going to wind up. And so we're going to bundle all of that together, and we're going to do this charter school law. And so charter schools' big introduction to the state of Missouri was if you are performing horribly <laughs> you can be punished with a charter school yeah and well i would i would argue that the schools in the boot heel are performing pretty horribly i would not disagree and right. their state reps are making sure that they don't get charter schools right and so now you fast forward to you know 2012 13 14 all through 19 and charter schools are demonstrating in these large urban districts that they are a great option you have significant numbers of uh below grade level non-proficient students throughout the entire state i mean 400,000 is yeah, just almost I mean, half uh, yeah almost half of of the public school students in the state are below grade level and you have 518 school districts yep 518 school districts with 518 superintendents, 518 elected boards, 
um, all saying, wait a minute, wait, wait, those were meant as a punishment to those two urban districts. We aren't bringing those into our our backyard. And in those districts, uh, you know, in those small communities, that message seems to resonate. Do you regret doing it that way then? Were you part of this original effort? No, I I wasn't part of the original effort. Um, You know, regret doing it. I think legislators that were trying to bring some reform and some choice to Missouri were doing it in the best way they could because, uh, if nothing else, it did get some choice to a whole lot of families. That's right. I mean, half half the families in Kansas City are Uh in charge, more than half of the kindergartners, which tells me that it's only going to grow, but right. there's still no appetite in the state, seemingly among among certain groups, as I'm referring to them as the coalition of the status quo. There's no appetite to give an inch from school boards or superintendents. No, that's correct. And actually, I would say it, it's correct because doing so means breaking ranks. Mm. And the number of superintendents I've had discussions with over the year who said, you know, we'd consider a adding a charter school to our portfolio of schools, it'd be a great to be able to bring a, a STEM school or a, 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 some type of a preparatory school or an art school or a language immersion school to our district and, and use that charter model and, and be free from some of this ridiculous bureaucracy that, mm-hmm. that creates the status quo. Um, but I'm not going to be the first one to do that because I'm not going to have the rest of the superintendents and call you at home at night and say you didn't hear this but right right and so that you know i've lost count of the number of those conversations i've had so is there appetite in missouri for families there's definitely appetite i mean i think a survey was done in 2014 that one in six said that was their number one choice or like 15 percent, even though we only have two percent but that means a whole lot of people who would choose it first then the number of people who would choose their assigned public schools first was like it was like 35% versus the 85% who attend them. So there's like maybe half of that group saying, this is not my first choice, right. but I don't have any choices. Right. And let me tell you an interesting phenomenon is the right word, but Let's call we've it. had families, um, I had a family this year that, you know, what we, they've been, I've been in conversation with them for a long time about, you know, we really want, we really want options. We really want options. And they live in kind of other parts of Missouri. They don't live in St. Louis or Kansas City. And uh, said, so, you know, hey, would love to look a few things. One, love to be able to come to the community and talk to you about this and, yeah. and talk to your friends about this. Oh, no, there. I, I can't do that. Um, how about talking to your legislator, testifying for the legislature? And the answer is always no. And the answer is out of fear, because if there's not an option immediately available the next year, their kids are going back to that district school, and they're afraid that their family is going to be retaliated. retaliated. Oh, my God. And that is absolutely – I mean, this is 2019. Come on. Yeah. Um, it's unbelievable, but it's it's what we hear. I had a parent call me – I think it was grandparent uh, – from the Joplin area saying that she would really, really like to know about how she could – Get some get get together with some people and open a ch- classical charter school because her kids had gone to classical schools and she really wanted her grandchildren to go to one too. And I was like, you know, it's an uphill battle. I mean, and if you can't even go on the road and meet, meet with community leaders and communities outside of Kansas City and St. Louis and say, look, here's what's happening, and you guys are missing out. You know, I again, I think that 
parents in Columbia where our flagship university is and there's a lot of professors and there's a lot of, you know, people who are not Missourians, perhaps, right? They're transplants. I would think if you come from a state like Texas or Arizona, you're like, where are the charter schools? Like, they're part of the landscape in so many places that when your kid is, when your child's four or five, you just start thinking like, what school am I going to pick? You know right. what I mean? Like, right. there's so many places. Denver it was like, right. hmm, I wonder what school I'll pick. I think when when there when there was a time that it was charters were, oh, that's a fad. It's going to come. Oh, it's yeah. going to go. It's a trend. Um, it's only in those two urban cities where you know we're from other parts of the state. We don't need that. Sure. And there was no fear. And then uh, as superintendents as districts as uh, as other organizations who make their money off of superintendents and districts and boards they started to say wait a minute actually people really are interested in having choice right um, then all of a sudden they, they you know they really figured out how to organize and become uh, become actually quite masterful at spreading fear and misinformation well the post-dispatch had an editorial like look out charter schools are coming right. to the suburb get ready to fight them back and it's like well it's a crazy right. point of view right. but um but though so in terms of like that is something i wonder about i'd like to know your opinion this idea that charter schools are a fad and if we sit it out it'll be over and we'll be like well we dodged that bullet that's just not i don't see how that ever happens when you have more kids in charter schools nationally, like three times the number of kids nationally are in charter schools than we have as students in Missouri. So we have a million students. There's three million kids in the country in charter schools. Three times as many and three times as many schools as we have our charter schools in the country. Cities where they're thriving, like Denver and New Orleans and D.C. and Indianapolis, I just don't think the next generation of parents is going to say, okay, just assign me now. It's just I just don't think that's ever going backwards. Right. And so the question of are charter schools a fad, if if charter schools are a fad, then what is not is school choice. No, yeah. And so, that's you know, a good point. Mm-hmm. 20 years from now, we may call them blue schools, purple schools, yeah. and, and red schools. Sure. Um, you know, but I don't think choice is being put back in the bottle. I don't think families would allow choice to be put back in the I bottle. I don't either. Um, now... What we're seeing is this great effort to um, to kind of kind of strangle the charters out of business. Well, we're gonna you know there's this huge funding inefficiency, yeah, um, or inequity. So yeah, charter schools are between two thousand and four thousand dollars a student uh, of money that they're not receiving local dollars that they should be receiving. Well, we're so makes it hard to operate. Sure, makes it hard to do a quality program. Are they trying to fix that? No, we've been we've been trying to get that fixed and we'll continue to try and get it fixed. But boy, if we can keep them down and the Kansas City thing, too, right, where the property values are different. If I understand it correctly, it's a little complicated for me, but they use different property values for the charter schools than they do for the traditional public schools. Is that right? Uh, it's just the tax. There are different local tax lines that, oh, okay. that the way the law was written, and I don't think it was an intentional thing, okay. but it was written. It left out some local tax lines that charter schools now don't receive. Oh, okay. Um, you know, we just did a recent. We participated. Charter schools helped pay. Helped Kansas City Public Schools pay for a a uh, an assessment study by for the for the county in. Kansas City to be able to 
look at property values because there's been a lot of new construction. Sure. Property values are increasing. It means property taxes are increasing. The answer is great. That means there's going to be more local money. money yeah. But, oh, yeah, well, charter schools, you aren't going to get all of that. Is that what it is? Oh. And so we're, we're going we're gonna to try and strangle them out of business. And, and I know for a fact that in St. Louis and Kansas City, the charter schools outperform the, the non-charter schools in those two cities at the whole level and yeah we've got some super high flyers in kansas city and st louis and then we have some that uh struggle and close but across across the board on average they outperform and they mostly have waiting lists right yeah so in the court of public opinion parents want them more parents want them than can be in them well in the last 10 years the workforce in missouri has declined every Mm. year and we're ranked 41st right now in income growth. Oh, uh, yeah. We're not the show-me state. Bad. We're the show-me-the-door state. <laughs> That's bad. And I know people with bachelor's degrees, we have a net out-migration. And, again, we need families. Young families are the backbone, right? Young families who raise their kids here, maybe their kids stay. And uh, Indiana, you know, they've got lots of choice. There's other places. Tennessee has lots of choice that, that people would pick before they would pick Missouri, where we only have the same system we had in 1950, right? Right. You, what's your address? Oh, here's your school. And that's that. I hope you like it. Good luck, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, so for me, I think that's, that's there's two things, serving the students and families, which it's not, I don't hear a lot of that in Jefferson City. I don't hear a lot of talk about students and families. I hear a lot of talk about the adults in the system. But, um, but also trying to, you know, trying to revive Missouri so that we are a state that people want to come to and stay and raise their kids. Everything that we do to better educate students so that then when they graduate, they can either enter college ready mm. or career ready mm-hmm. is going to turn around this whole issue of workforce in our state Absolutely. and income growth. Um, and, that's and that not- has to start at the, at, it has to start at pre-K. It ha- you guys start from the bottom up and keep working at this. And that's the us versus them is really not helpful to that. When we're arguing about who gets to have the kids and who they belong to and who the money belongs to. So in these uh, in this fear that they've been ramping up across the state, you know, if every parent in Columbia is perfectly happy with their assigned public school, no harm, no foul. No school opens. No one goes to that school. You can't open a charter school without having some sense of being able to fill the seats. Right. That's You have to demonstrate that you can do that. Because you can't fill the seats, you can't open the school. So, you know, to me, like, open the door because one thing about the charter school sector as opposed to the traditional public school sector is if you're a teacher and if being a teacher is your calling, and I know it's super hard to do, but you're also entrepreneurial, your option is charter schools. And a lot of charter schools have been started by teachers. And if you want to do something entrepreneurial within public education, start a charter school. And I've, again, I've seen that lots of times across the country, but teachers in the state of Missouri who feel that way feel like, you know, I've been teaching for a while. I've got some thoughts. I think I could design a school and I think it would be really cool. Like some of the schools that are opening in St. Louis and they can't do it. And so we're not tapping that talent. Right. Which is too bad. I think it's interesting. You look at when the voluntary transfer program was put into place in St. Louis, um, you didn't hear the local school district saying, no, no, no. Those kids need to stay here. Yeah. You know, they didn't have a problem with that because there was money coming in for them as well. Yeah. And when a family says, I'm leaving 
St. Louis and I'm going to move to Springfield, Illinois. Yeah, Springfield, Illinois. You don't see the you know local school district bashing Springfield, Illinois school districts. How dare they? How dare they take they this took family? Our kid and we they took, took our, our kid. money. Um, it's the same thing, and now, and now the new the new argument of well, we've created inefficiency. We've created inefficiency in in by having so many options. Yeah. Well, okay, Kansas City, fifty percent or more of the families enrolled their kindergartners in a charter school. Yeah. Uh, this year alone, six thousand families went through have gone through the charter school's common application looking for a charter school. Um, they aren't really concerned about efficiency. That's they aren't right. really concerned about those types of things. What they're concerned about is, I want a really good school for my kid. And the answer of what we can do about it, I think, is we have to, we have to continue and even do a better job of educating more and more and more families about what would the impact of choice have in your life. Yeah. You know what if. What would that mean? If you were told that because you live in Melville. 63122, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you may only go to one restaurant, and here's the restaurant oh, yeah. you will go to, and you can't go anywhere else, the families in 63122 would be out. on their way out the door. Yeah. But we say you must go to this school district. Yeah. Now, Fortunately, 63122 is, a, is Kirkwood, and, and okay. there's some really good things happening in a lot of those schools. Uh, it's, a, it's a great district. doesn't mean that there couldn't be families who say, I'd really like something a little different than what's being offered. The restaurant could be great. Yeah. could be a great restaurant, yeah. but you and might I, not like. Right. And I may want to send two of my kids to the district school, and my, my third child really needs something different, and that's yeah. what this charter school can offer. Yeah. Um, which takes us out of this whole who's bad, nobody's bad, oh, everybody's yeah. bad situation. It's just, it, it's really unfortunate. And then nationally, the the um, areas where charter schools have collaborated, or where the traditional public schools have collaborated with charter schools, they're getting the biggest effect. Can you just tell me real quickly what you mentioned recently about the pre-K thing you're doing in Kansas City? Yeah, so uh, it, it's really a pretty exciting proposition. We have eight charter schools who... Uh, there had been some hope of pre-K funding coming through a mill tax or a sales tax, yeah. and it didn't happen. And so they still are anxious to provide pre-K seats. You know, we have 6,000 students in Kansas City right now, pre-K students who don't have – there's no seats available for them mm. for pre-K. Um, so they've come together. They're putting together a collaborative. Uh, they're working with uh, three or four different pre-K providers who are um, – who are ranked very highly in the state, who are met all the, the requirements by the state. And in each of those uh, providers' buildings, they will have a a pre-K room for Crossroads, a pre-K room for University uh, okay. Academy, a pre and students will be able to go there. They will become University Academy students or Crossroads students, and they'll be able to go to kindergarten then at that school. Uh, and it's adding... You know, hundreds of extra seats, of additional seats. So we're going to be serving more families. Um, it's tr- just trying to find a creative way because we don't fund K to K through twelve as a state, if, if you know, in a yeah. in an adequate manner. Yeah. Uh, the idea of we're also going to figure out a way to also add pre K funding to that yeah, by tough. the state. Yeah. It's, it's a long way from happening. So but then the kids can be 
uh, more ready when they enter kindergarten. Ready for kindergarten, right? Ready for kindergarten. And again, this speaks to like the entrepreneurship and the innovation in the charter sector that just, when you talk about efficiency, the, the traditional public school sector isn't designed to encourage that. So I think a lot of the big ideas come out of this like they um, hoped it would when the head of the teachers union proposed this in 1988. That's where you're going to generate ideas. And anyway, so hopefully Missouri will get around to wanting to take advantage of that and get some good entrepreneurial thinking and some good innovation around how best to educate kids in Missouri and let people have the freedom to do it with public money. So thanks for coming and talking to us yeah, about it. Thank you. Charter schools, it's always a good topic for me. So <laughs> um, you've been at this a while. Uh, it's been a, it, yes, I have. <laughs> okay, enough said. Okay, thanks a lot, Doug. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Show Me Institute podcast. Find more at showmeinstitute.org.